Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. This is Dr. Ben with Treble Health. We're playing another round of 20 questions with four expert tinnitus audiologists. Let's get straight to it. Before we do, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel and leave a comment on if you find this video helpful or if you have a question you want us to answer. Name someone famous with tinnitus. Rashida Jones. I heard a podcast where she was discussing her struggles with with tinnitus and she seems like such a fun and happy and she's obviously super funny and I think It's a good example of how you never know what someone else is kind of struggling with behind their eyes. Steve Martin. I don't have anything exciting to say about him other than he plays the banjo other than his comedy comedy stuff. And I love the banjo. So I'm going to say Huey Lewis. And he's been openly talking about his struggle with Meniere's disease and tinnitus. Pete Townsend from The Who well-known musician who struggles with tinnitus and is now doing quite well and still playing shows and playing loud rock music. What advice would you give to your best friend if they started experiencing tinnitus? I would tell them to try their best to do what they can to relax, remain calm, because the way that they react to it initially, I think really sets a tone for how long it lasts and how much it affects them in different areas of their life. I would tell them to do whatever we got to do to get them good sleep because sleep is so important for emotional regulation. I would tell them not to panic, that there are things that we can do to help, including sound therapy and get them with some sound therapy. I would inform them about the benefits of sound therapy, start using that, focus on sleep. And with that, it's usually a good enough foundation so that those initial days or weeks are not so intense and debilitating. Name a type of broadband noise that can be used for sound therapy. White noise. Violet noise. Pink noise. Natural water sounds like a river or a creek or rain. What is a common sound that causes hyperacusis or sound sensitivity? Dogs barking. Children screaming, water running, dishes clanking, or putting dishes in and out of the dishwasher. Have you ever worked with a patient who has a strong negative response to one particular sound, what's called misophonia? And if so, what was the sound that triggered it? I have worked with someone with misophonia, and for them, it was actually pretty much anyone else's voice. They really couldn't tolerate anyone else speaking for a given amount of time. I've not worked with anybody with misophonia. That's one of my weaknesses in dealing with sound sensitivity. I have worked with someone with misophonia and specifically hand clapping. I have, and the sound of their spouse's chewing. What is your favorite sound in the winter months? I actually love the I know it's ironic because we shouldn't be talking about quiet, but I love the quiet of the snow. Like when you're outside shoveling and it's, you know, late in the evening and you're pretty much the only one out there. I don't know. I mean, it's not really quiet, but it feels quiet because the world is kind of to some degree quieted down from the snowfall and everyone's not out and about. It's not like the morning when everybody's out there shoveling and plowing and snow blowing. I love the sound of my dog's feet on the ice as we walk. Makes a little sound. 
uh, being in California, we have different weather. So I actually like the sound of rain falling in the winter time. I really like the sound of footsteps on snow where it has a little crunch, crunch, crunch to it. Name a place that you would wear hearing protection if you had tinnitus. I was going to a music festival and I was going to be there for several hours and I was positioned really close to the stage. Um, I would wear them in a race car show. My answer would be, um, I would wear earplugs to a sporting event. I would also wear earplugs to a loud party or a dance or somewhere where there's really loud music. Uh, I don't want to be exposing my ears to potentially risk uh, spiking my tinnitus. So. Which coastline have you spent the most time living in? East coast or West coast? East coast. I've never lived on a coast. So (laughs) mountains. Uh, I'm going to say Pacific coast because I'm in California. I've spent the most time on the East coast. What type of audiology setting did you gain the most of your clinical experience from? From a hospital setting. Private practice setting. Hospital clinic setting. Hospital clinic setting as well. Name the last tinnitus training you attended? I attended one by the British Tinnitus Association, and it was very good. And they have a lot of wonderful resources, not just for professionals. Um, The last training I attended was when I actually did. Um, I spoke at the Colorado Academy of Audiology on promoting positive thoughts, emotions, and mindsets in tinnitus and hyperacusis patients. I recently attended the California Academy of Audiology in a class on concussion and tinnitus. The last tinnitus training I attended was at the American Doctors of Audiology Conference. And similar to Dr. Sarah, I was on a panel presenting about best practices for tinnitus care. It was really fun. Which style of hearing aids do you prefer? Ones that sit up and behind the ear or ones that go inside of the ear? I like the ones that go behind the ear and then loop into your ear canal. That's the style I would get if I had to get hearing aids today. Agreed. Those are my favorite for years now. Also my favorite, and I have one for my tinnitus. (laughs) Very good. Yes, me as well. Uh, What's called receiver in the canal style or behind the ear style with the little wire and the rubber piece going inside the ear canal. Uh, That's what works for most of our tinnitus patients. And they're hardly visible and very modern and nice devices. What color of ear level device, hearing aid or tinnitus masker uh, do you have or what color would you get? I think I would actually go with a fun color. So I would try to get something that is either like metallic and shiny. Um, but yeah, there's different colors that come up with there. I've seen pink ones and I've seen um, like a, kind of like a race car blue looks really nice. I would go in that same direction because there's no hiding it. So I may as well make it sparkle and shine. (laughs) My original ones were actually red for my tinnitus and um, my dog got a hold of them. So now they're silver. (laughs) (laughs) I would choose a a matte black. I like this color because I think it goes well with the idea that nowadays everyone is wearing devices and technology on their ears, around their ears. And that matte black look can go well, especially for those who wear black glasses frames. It looks really nice. And I think for for me, it would probably just draw less attention to it and be seen as more of an electronic as opposed to a medical device. This is a short break from today's video to announce the Tinnitus Guide by Treble Health. Do you want to learn about the newest tinnitus treatments and management tips? Click the link in the description of this video to get your free copy of the Tinnitus Guide by Treble Health. Name an occupation that has loud noise exposure. 
dentists, they're around loud drills a lot. So I definitely recommend that dentists wear hearing protection. Mechanics. Military members. Construction workers. Yes, I'm talking about the jackhammer on the street where we all look and every audiologist thinks, I really pray, I hope that they're wearing earplugs. Usually they are. Sometimes they're not. That's not pretty. Do you think diet or nutrition impacts tinnitus? I think that it can play a role in tinnitus for some individuals, but I don't think that it is the solution for the majority. agree. I think it can play a role. I don't think it's a high enough percentage for patients to go searching for their dietary triggers. agree that there are some triggers, but most of the time diet doesn't play a role. Sometimes salt, sometimes sugar, sometimes caffeine can spike certain kinds of tinnitus. So there can be a correlation, but typically it's not the main driver. And oftentimes it's a distraction of someone over-focusing on herbal supplements or changing their diet when they haven't tried the treatment that we know works. What was your favorite class taken in audiology school? I actually liked psychoacoustics a lot, believe it or not. I know most audiologists would think, what? But I thought it was fascinating to learn a little bit more about how we actually hear and what's going on in our brains. I liked my basic diagnostic class where we learned to do a hearing test. Like that kind of just sucked me in and said, yep, audiology is where I'm supposed to be. I really liked medical and genetic disorders of hearing loss, learning about different genetic things that can cause hearing loss. That was really super interesting to me. My favorite course was tinnitus. I had two semesters, two full semesters of studying tinnitus with the leading audiologist at UCSF Hospital in San Francisco. And I loved it. I was all in front row, taking notes, asking questions. And I was so grateful that uh, that was offered. It was a big, a big part of my tinnitus uh, education journey. Can over-the-counter hearing aids help tinnitus? I think that they can for some individuals especially if the cause of their tinnitus tends to be more because of the absence of sound. They're not getting enough sound to their brain. So perhaps by hearing more, even though it may not be completely fine-tuned for their hearing loss, they may notice a decline to their tinnitus. I'm going to say no. I'm going to totally disagree with you. They don't have sound generators, so it's just amplification. It's not frequency shaped for their hearing loss. Um, And we know if we under amplify or over amplify, we can make the tinnitus worse. So in my opinion, I would tell a tinnitus patient to steer clear of that. Let's not take the risk. Let's do it right and do it right the first time. Over-the-counter hearing aids kind of scare me in that the same way that they're not professionally tuned to hearing loss. You haven't been examined. You haven't seen if there is a medical issue causing your hearing loss or your tinnitus. And so I would say you, if you're having that, go see a professional, see, see an audiologist. I think that over-the-counter hearing aids can help some cases of tinnitus, just like hearing aids can help some cases of tinnitus, right? So the amplification feature can provide benefit for tinnitus of improving that perception and reducing the awareness of tinnitus when I'm wearing the devices. There were some really good points brought up that we always recommend a medical and hearing test evaluation if you have tinnitus. There's some important things that are different than if you just had a hearing loss. Can physical injuries cause tinnitus? Yes, they can. Um, I had a patient that I'm thinking of specifically who was in an automobile accident and it caused um, somatic tinnitus. Agreed. Absolutely can. Having had a head injury that caused tinnitus? Absolutely. Yes, physical injuries can cause tinnitus. Physical injuries having an impact next to your ear can 
cause the eardrum or the middle ear bones to damage. And if that happens, it can create a temporary hearing loss, which can lead to temporary tinnitus or in some cases, chronic tinnitus. When did you first notice tinnitus? I first noticed tinnitus. Well, I can remember being a young child and hearing the random one to two second and then it disappear. But I had um, an actual like episode, several months of tinnitus when I was in grad school. So something like 12 to 13 years ago. I first noticed my tinnitus when I was 19, 20 years old. First noticed low-level tinnitus in my 20s and then more recently, uh, three years ago with my head injury. I first noticed tinnitus after going to loud concerts and stepping outside of the venue when I was a teenager and having this temporary hearing difficulties and hearing loud ringing uh, as I was falling asleep that night in my head. Have you ever experienced distorted hearing? I have. When my oldest Adeline screams sometimes, my right ear goes nuts and it's like a broken speaker. Um, I have and do when my tinnitus goes a little crazy. I have some other manifestations of the tinnitus and some distorted sound is one of them. It generally doesn't last long because I just have to talk myself down. And as I calm down emotionally, the distortions kind of calm down as well, or I'm distracted and I don't notice it as much. I have experienced distorted hearing, especially after initially having an injury, um, not being able to hear at first and things sounding very garbled afterwards. I remember that clearly. What comes to mind for me is that when I had COVID, I experienced a spike in my tinnitus and I felt like it was harder to hear or just different. My hearing was slightly distorted and that really connected me to that experience that some of our patients share of my tinnitus makes it harder to hear some of the times. Last one, what is one thing that can improve tinnitus at night? Sound therapy, have a fan, have a sound machine going, just have some other noise going on in the bedroom while you're sleeping. Um, Progressive muscle relaxation or any other type of relaxing activity as you prep for sleep or fall asleep. I personally like to use imagery. So imagining something that's very comforting to me and trying to involve all five of my senses as I relax my body. Having a self-care wind down routine, whatever that means to you, could be a warm bath. It could be lighting a candle. It could be reading a relaxing book and training your brain and body that I'm calming myself down so I can enter sleep. A big shout out to Dr. Michelle, Dr. Sarah, and Dr. Suzanne. Thank you all for being here. And we'll see you on one of the future episodes of our Treble Health Audiology Squares. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast platform for the Treble Health Podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.